0: everybody welcome back to half back dynasty episode 10 no looking back my name is brendan we are joined today with our co-host tyler tyler how the heck you feeling my man
1: Brendan, i'm feeling great man i'm trying to keep uh trying to keep it together trying to keep my focus you have me laughing off camera there I, I can't believe that reference drop so good stuff man i'm uh, it's got me in the mood man i'm ready to go how are you feeling
0: yeah, I mean, after just absolutely roasting myself, I did bring the spirits up a little bit. Uh, for those of you who want to know, I did just call myself Caillou because I have a baby face and it looks like I'm bald. So get your laughs out now and let's uh, jump into some good football, Tyler. It's basically playoffs. Playoffs is here, baby. They're, unless your league is set up in different formats, different layouts, not too sure, but in all of my leagues, Week one is officially upon us for the playoffs. So it's first round. I'm in a few different leagues where I have buys or I'm competing in the first round. I have a league where I shafted myself. But I know the importance of obviously competing, but also in my rebuilding league to gear up and look ahead to the future. So it's kind of like I'm doubling up on two different, I guess, methods of where my mind is on who am I targeting the second that the offseason. Uh, happens and who am I gonna freaking start in my playoff roster so I don't know Tyler a lot going on what are you what are you thinking crazy times think that, that's
1: great man it's kind of nice to have one of each um I mean I'm in my big league I came in as the number two seed uh as you well know somehow overtook you what a crazy end to our uh our league last night man I the the standings flipped upside down that was unbelievable I
0: got dropped to um, fourth place dude right, I know
1: man it looked like our boy Chris was locked into the number one seed literally all year, fell to three. Um, you know, the the draft picks at the bottom and they moved all around. It was crazy, but it's kind of a nice situation that you're in that you get to look forward to the playoffs, which you know, you gotta keep it uh you gotta keep it fair to yourself. Playoffs can be extremely stressful in fantasy if you allow it. You know, you don't wanna let this become like something that ruins your week your day whatever but hey man playoffs are stressful so it's nice that you got the uh distraction of kind of a rebuilding team that as you mentioned looking what you're going to do the second uh trade windows open back up because Mm -hmm. hey man people are cheaper in the off season at times way cheaper because you're talking months and months and months of nothing so hey, I'm going to make this trade because at least it's something to do with my team, you know?
0: <laughs> Get the blood flowing again for football man. after not doing anything for a month or two.
1: Yeah, your good assets maybe in the summer. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I don't know if this guy's as good as I thought he was.
0: Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah, I, I didn't even realize uh, to think about the crazy last week in the big league, man. Absolutely wild. A lot of shifts. Uh, I. I'm so happy i just i think I hold my own first round pick I think so at least I know where that stands uh, you know it always confuses me when so many different picks are being traded and then like you 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 sell your studs for a projected top pick but then it ends up being like the eighth overall so you get shafted there I don't know man so much good stuff in the playoffs in the off season so much writing on it so much money involved if you play in money leagues which that's my way of gambling without gambling, baby. You know, I trust inside the mind of McCasty. So I'm hoping, man. I got four shots at winning a league this year. I'm probably not going to win one. That's usually how it works. So I'll just go chill and uh, play fantasy basketball from here on out.
1: yeah man this is the best way to gamble because it lasts for at least 13 weeks i mean you're playing a slot machine or a game of craps or cards i mean that lasts about 30 seconds so (laughs) at least your uh, 100 bucks lasted 13 weeks regardless so
0: yeah yeah penny slots baby i'll be playing those boys for like 10 hours you know
1: you ever notice that if you go all in on a penny slot, it's more expensive than if you were playing a dollar slot? Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's kind of interesting. You think it's you're all like, a mind these game. Deals.
0: Listen, Absolutely. the casinos have it all figured out, man. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making money. They, they have to lose money like 40% of the time to win money 60% of the time. That's the name of the game. No out. doubt,
1: man. We got, uh, we got Blackhawk about an hour away from Denver where we live. And man, you can cruise up there the whole time. You're like, this is it. This is the night. Then you're down 200 within five minutes.
0: Yeah. And then your wife divorces you, takes the kids. <laughs> it's usually the wife
1: losing more than I am. I'm usually the one that's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make this hundred last. The <laughs> miss, man, she, she gets in a frenzy up there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go spend my money on a bottle of water at the casino. I'm <laughs> good at gambling. <laughs> right. For sure, cool, man. man. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, you know, of course, another great week in the NFL. Uh we have a, a quick recap. Uh Tyler, you put together a couple of good games that stood out. Clearly, uh the Raiders beat the Jets, which we'll talk about in a second. What a wild game. Absolutely stupid in my opinion. But let's talk about the the Patriots. Absolutely annihilating the Chargers, 45-0. to You know, I've been bragging a little bit already about making the playoffs in four or five of my dynasty leagues. I'm also going to brag about this. Like two minutes before kickoff, I actually subbed in Deshaun Watson for Justin Herbert. I don't know why I did it. I just felt the need to do it, and thank goodness I did. Otherwise, I would have lost a seed in the playoffs because I would have lost this week. But, yeah, what did you see during the game that stood out? Is Cam Newton a dog, or what's up, man?
1: Uh, I mean, surprisingly, man, there really wasn't much to take away from this game as far as Dynasty assets go. Um, I mean, Damon Harris looks like a solid RB. I think he has a decent chance to make a pretty good year three jump. But I think a lot of that's going to come down to what New England does at quarterback. Um, Cam Newton's numbers are absolutely horrendous. Um, He's staying relevant because, uh, I mean, he's a running back, let's face it. Uh, he's getting in the end zone on the ground. But, man, when I really take in his stats week to week, it's just awful. I think he had, like, 79 passing yards last week. And, you know, some of that could have been game flow. They had multiple – I think they had two uh, special teams touchdowns. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that can be equated to that. But I think that's a decent pass for Newton as well. Newton's not been good. It's his ground game that's keeping him going. I mean, on the other side, Herbert looked atrocious. Uh, Again, nothing. I wouldn't be too worried about that. He's still a great QB asset moving forward. Keenan Allen remains a top 10, 15 wide receiver heading into next year. Um, I think Mike Williams could have maybe his best season ever next year with Herbert uh, if they get on the same page and remain healthy. Um, other than that, man, honestly, like I said, I, I didn't see much to take away from this game in Dynasty. Um, so what, what do you think?
0: Uh, Cam Newton's a free agent after this year, and I don't think he's going to – I don't think this game does anything to bring him back. Uh, I, I don't know if they're in the playoff hunt. I can't recall straight off the top of my head. I, I don't think they have a chance. I think they're I think they in the hunt, but I don't think they could, they could actually make it. So, yeah, unless unless something crazy happens, uh, Newton's for sure gone. I think the Patriots are going to fully realize they need to engage in a rebuild. So, to me, I, I'd really like to see that happen. I, I agree with you. Nothing crazy about Herbert. I mean, I, he, I, to me, he's in the running for rookie of the year. I mean, he has put together a fantastic season. The offense as bad. a whole really isn't that bad. Austin Eckler coming back actually has been performing a little bit better than I thought. Not, not necessarily in this game, but I think he came back two weeks ago. So he's still dynamic. He still puts up great points. I thought he wasn't going to be used at all. So I guess generally speaking, Tyler, not just in correlation to what we saw here. Um, I think both teams will have to really break down where they want to go, their identities, and kind of see what they want to do moving forward. Um, I, I don't think this game affects anything Dynasty long term. What's already going to happen in the offseason is already going to happen between these two rosters. I think, heck, man, Mike Williams. Put him on the board, baby. Top 15. I like that. I think he's going to excel with Herbert. So all your takes I definitely agree with.
1: Yeah, I've always been a big Mike Williams fan. I've owned him in our big league since his rookie year. Uh, I've never felt the need to move him. I really like him. So I keep holding out hope. I mean, he shows flashes of being really, really good, and then he just has dud games. But maybe with a full off season with Herbert, hey, man, who knows? He's a big Mm -hmm. body, good player. He's quick. He's fast. He's downfield. Um, Keenan Allen sees the best coverage, obviously. So who knows?
0: Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen's probably bought
1: for pretty cheap.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was 27, 28 years old. Guarantee you guys are going to try to dump him or girls. Whoever uh, owns Keenan Allen, they'll for sure sure try to get rid of him just because, again, as we've talked about every episode, if not every episode, every other episode, People have, like, an age fear, a fear of once a running back or a wide receiver hits that particular age, then they're just nothing. They're a nobody. Yeah, so, which,
1: which we talked about. Look at the best players in the league. They're all uh, in their upper 20s.
0: And Keenan <laughs> Allen is arguably, like, the best route runner in the league, too. So,
1: Oh, his first three steps are just ridiculous. Insane. You know? Insane. Yeah, so I own, him.
0: I own him in a big league. I'm not going to sell him anything less than a first-round pick. I'll probably need more than that. So, uh, cool. Tyler, let's move on. So, obviously, the the big news of the week, the Jets absolutely blew it uh, against the Raiders. They gave up a a last, I guess, last second, last five-second play, last drive. Um, Derek Carr threw a tutty. Who was it, Henry Ruggs? I think it was Ruggs who caught it.
1: Henry Ruggs, baby.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. Nice flash right there. I mean, hasn't done much this season, but it's good to see him out there making big plays. Uh, My favorite thing about this game was actually – The day after when the Jets decided to fire the defensive coordinator, but they still kept Adam Gase, the head coach. So I think they're for sure keeping him around because they know they will not win a game with Adam Gase there because they really want Trevor Lawrence. If if they would have won this game, that would have – I think that might have set them back into second or they would have been tied for – or second last or they would have been tied for last with the Jaguars, bro. So that game they would have won really could have compromised them getting Trevor Lawrence. Think about that. It was a blessing that that happened. They lost.
1: Is that why they called that play call, maybe? I don't know. But it uh, wouldn't be an episode of uh, Halfback Dynasty without a little uh, Gase love there. yeah. <laughs> Adam you know, Gase. Man. Good Lord, I, I I don't get it. But uh, getting back to the game, Darren Waller, what a performance. Historic mm-hmm. tight end performance in fantasy. Uh, 13 receptions, 13 on 17 targets. 200 yards and two TDs, just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, We've talked about it all year. Darren Waller is such a big part of their offense. He has such a huge target share that, uh, I mean, you never expect this, but Darren Waller going over 100 and a touchdown is a a decent – there's a chance every game. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you could maybe say that about one other tight end in the league currently, and that's Travis Mm -hmm. Kelsey with uh, Kittle being hurt. So uh, Waller's game was exceptional. Um, As far as the play call, Brendan, I'm just going to read this word for word and hopefully I can get through it because even when I was writing it, uh, I'm not sure it's a great constructed sentence, but uh, (laughs) uh, let me just read this. This was a report that the Jets defensive play call was unheard of. The Jets sent the house meaning seven pass rushers or more on the Raiders game winning touchdown, a Hail Mary type situation where only a TD hurt them. It's an absolutely unheard of play call. This website's been tracking this tracking data since uh, 2006. They were the only team in that database, based on this play, mm-hmm. to send six pass rushers that met all three qualifiers. It was the final 15 seconds of regulation. It was between a four and eight point lead and 40 plus yards to the end zone. So that's 251 plays ran with the same situation since 2006. This was the only time that defensive play call had been called. And I'm not not a conspiracy guy by any means, but it's very interesting what you just brought up about Trevor Lawrence. Why was that play call made in that situation where, again, even if you bring the house, why not – Double, triple cover Henry Ruggs, the one guy that can beat you to the house through the air. I, I just, the whole thing was mind boggling. Maybe it was just, hey, a perfect storm, a really weird thing. But Henry Ruggs would be the guy I'd be watching more, regardless of the season he's had. He's, he's arguably, I've read, he's the fastest player in the NFL. He's faster than Tyreek Hill. Why, why is he left with one guy no safety over the top no help Uh, so
0: so hear me out hear me out interesting first off maybe adam Gase sniffed too much salt or powder you know there is there are videos of him on the sideline whiffing some stuff so maybe he just overthought it and tweaked or maybe the conspiracy we're talking about about them tanking is actually not a conspiracy because it is happening there is no reason for them to win that game, but you have to look at it this way. The player who was covering rugs, he doesn't want to get beat. He's, the coaches aren't going to tell him, hey, blow this coverage, because that player is trying to secure a job as well and get a big contract. All of these players in the NFL, they want to become the best player ever, and they want to make as much money as possible without destroying their bodies. So, I think it was a terrible call, but I think the call was supposed to improve the chances of the Raiders winning that game. That's my opinion. But again, the players, I don't think the players threw the game. I think it's very rare for players to throw games. But I think think the stupid play call, clearly the data suggests that nobody else was this stupid to do that. So it just is funny how it's a team trying to acquire arguably the best quarterback talent since Andrew Luck. So put it in the books. I guess we'll see what the heck happens. Maybe the Jets will get a win or two and the Jags get Trevor Lawrence. It'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, man. I read uh, their middle linebacker for the Jets actually calls their plays on the field, and he was about to check to something else. So he almost changed the play call on the field, according to his report. Uh, if you look at it closely, the Jets got extremely close to tackling Carr. Um, so, Hey man, it almost uh, worked out. And then on the opposite side, I'm sure you remember the Raiders collapse last year. They were super good about halfway through the season, didn't make playoffs. So if they lost to the Jets, it could have started their epic collapse. But hey, it's all sports history now. And then one more tiny thing for everybody that's disappointed about Henry Ruggs so far. Still uh, a nice dynasty asset. Did you see the separation he got on that play? As soon as that ball was in the air, it's like, Bob well, Carr doesn't underthrow him. That's a touchdown.
0: Dude, he was like four to five yards away. Yeah, was crazy. I mean, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you know he has the talent to be great. And I don't think there's really ever uh, any, I guess, question of him being great in the NFL. It's just his injuries. You know, he obviously. Yep. Uh, wasn't 100% this season and it's always tough because rookies want to come in and make a direct impact and a lot of players in, in terms of dynasty owners you look at a rookie who came in injured and you're automatically thinking negatively towards that player think about all the people well we'll actually talk about it here in a second you know think about all the situations where you know, starting quarterback went down. For example, now C.D. Lamb's value tanked. Like, do you still value him as what you did before the season? So, I don't know. Lots to look at it. I think Ruggs has shown he's capable in the NFL. And he might be a guy I'm looking to buy this offseason.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Alabama uh, twosome's got a lot to prove heading into next year. That's for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ruggs and Judy have both been a large disappointment. And uh, you got another Alabama boy that's going to go – top five, man, in most rookie drafts at SF. so uh, Devonta Smith looks like the man.
0: Yeah, honestly, Alabama is freaking... That's just somebody
1: just, new every year.
0: It's insane. I mean, they're recruiting obviously because of their organization, but it's crazy because these SEC teams, a lot of these Southern schools, even some ACC teams, I mean, they just year in, year out, pump out NFL talent. It's crazy. And yeah. I feel like Big Ten... Big 10 pumps out tight ends. I don't know, dude. Penn State, they, they get great running backs. I don't know. I think it's the system, the collegiate level system, that their schemes fit these players so well that they get a huge boost in the draft and then their their skill set transfers over. And maybe that's something we should talk about. I don't follow college football too much, but I think that could be a great topic of conversation is kind of breaking down coaching systems for college uh, schools and kind of how that impacts Their skill set moving into the NFL. You know, clearly if you're a five-star recruit and you go to Alabama, honestly, NFL teams know about you coming out of high school. But maybe if you're a five-star recruit and you go to some small school like Iowa State, you know, you kind of automatically plummeted in terms of your stock because your schedule is not very good. So I don't know, Tyler. I think this offseason, you know, the offseason is always really long. We've got a lot of great ideas that we can talk about. I think that should be one of them, kind of the farm system idea. So cool, man. Uh, Without further ado, let's jump into rookie stock. What to expect in the 2021 fantasy season. Values, all things rookies, baby. Uh, You compiled a nice list here. You just want to talk about specific uh, positions. Go in order.
1: Um, It's up to you, man. I think uh, with not everybody playing super flex, um, I say we do running back wideouts this week and then see if uh, we do QBs, tight ends next week. What do you think?
0: That's cool with me. I mean, we got a lot of rookies on this list to talk about. So we'll break down their seasons. We'll give some expectations for next season, our own values. Tyler, I know you and I like different guys. I mean, you value players differently than me. So I think it'll be good. Um, It'll be a good dialogue between us. And uh, hopefully we have some disagreements here on, on how we value some of these players so we can really break it down. Uh, Why don't we jump into running backs first, as you just suggested first up on the list, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, what did you want to talk about with him? Uh, I'm just going
1: to kind of, for every asset we have, just give their stats where they are currently. Um, CEH has 151 carries for 692 yards, four teeters on the ground, uh, 234 receiving yards for one TD. Um, I guess I'll just I'll just jump right in here, Brendan. Uh it seems odd to say, but uh, I mean he's currently like scoring-wise uh, a borderline top ten running back, depending on your format. Sure doesn't but, feel that way. Yeah, I was going to say, I think CEH's rookie season has been a little bit disappointing. And I don't think that's anything against him. I think it's more just the community was expecting so much from him. He went from... Saquon Barkley
0: type numbers.
1: Yeah, he went from a back-end first round pick, maybe a second round pick, to when he got drafted by KC, jumped to the consensus 1-1, which... Uh, you know, you expect a lot. So I think at times this year he's looked really good running the ball, and other times he's looked lost, you know. I don't view CEH as a pure runner uh, like some of the other guys in this class. Um, I still expect to jump in year two. I still think he's a great asset moving forward at the position. Um, unfortunately, running backs seem to be getting – I don't know if it's deeper and deeper. It's just so many teams run multiple guys. You know, there's very few workhorses as we've discussed. I don't think CEH is a workhorse. I don't think he ever will be. I it's don't too think smart. he has yeah, he doesn't have the skill set and he doesn't have the size for it. Um, I'd still certainly value him at probably two first plus mm-hmm. already, you know. I think he could get two firsts and maybe more on top. Um, you know my feelings on rookies you got to give him time. I see no reason to sell CEH, that's for sure. Um, But I think uh, also he's going to get more involved in the pass game next year, which I think could really help his stock. I was actually a little bit surprised that he only has one TD through the air. So uh, those are kind of my thoughts on CEH. Brendan, what, what do you got on him?
0: Well, when you're on such a potent offense, such as the Chiefs, I mean, they're excelling with or without him. So it's not like they need him. And my point being, they don't have to revolve the offense around him. So low key, what he's doing right now is honestly just enough because he's not hurting the Chiefs in any way, but he is hurting fantasy owners with high expectations because of the fact that some people probably gave up insane amount of draft capital to move up or draft picks and a couple players to grab him. I mean, there is no better system than an Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, any running back that would have went there would have been instantly the 101. I think we spoke about this before. I wish that the Chiefs would have taken DeAndre Swift. That would have been absolute madness, man. My goodness. But, yeah, I mean, he's he hasn't been impressive, and that's the honest facts. Yes, he is getting you top 10 to 15 numbers, but I think that's kind of – it's it's not consistent if you will it's not consistent I don't think Le'Veon Bell really impacts his value that much because CEH isn't really performing that well anyways but you're right he should be getting at least five catches a week and like 90 to 120 total yards as a rookie and that's that's being a little bit generous I'd say considering you know Patrick Mahomes has arguably the best wide receiver and the best tight end on his team to throw to. But if Mahomes is averaging close to 400 yards a game, how can the running backs not even get like 100 of those yards?
1: Blows my yeah, mind. And I think patience will pay off with CEH. I think next year there will be more opportunity for that kind of value out of him. So Mm -hmm. uh, again, he's, he's ticking along as a top 10 back, which is fantastic. You know, that that's what we talked about last week with the greed factor of fantasy. You want more, you want more, you want more, you want more. But Mm -hmm. uh, again, I think he's a fantastic asset moving forward. I would not even consider trading CEH. So
0: would you, would you trade him for two firsts? And like two firsts in 2021 and a first in
1: 2022. Uh, I think the value is certainly there, but I think you could regret that trade. I think those are kind of the trades that you and I have talked about in the past that, you know, you're just, that's just next year's rookie hype. Um, you know, you could make that trade and all three of those picks could bust and then that's mm-hmm. just a bad trade. You know, I've, I've kind of changed my way of thinking as far as trades go that at times as exciting as rookie picks are, I think it's better to trade for established assets. You know, I traded a boatload to get Jerry Judy, the rights to Jerry Judy and looking at that now, that's not, it's a absolutely atrocious trade, Brendan.
0: Do you recall off the
1: top of your head what it was? I'm not sure I want to say it on air, but, uh, (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a lot, uh, you know, it, it included Chubb and included Mark Andrews. It was a lot. So, um, you know, and again, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on a a rookie asset after one year, you know, Drew Locke's terrible. The offensive line is horrendous. So, you know, you live with the trades, but I think in the opposite, uh, way, I, I wouldn't move CEH for. A bunch of unknowns because you, you don't know if those guys are going to hit
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more and uh just like you said that you gave up a lot trades work both ways sometimes you are on the receiving end sometimes you are on the giving end that's the sure. beautiful thing in dynasty is on those days that you feel down you'll get those days that you feel good so excellent okay. i think it's very fitting to talk about him first as a rookie running back because he was arguably the consensus 101. Uh, if you're ready, let's move into the next guy who's actually been very surprising. And that is Antonio Gibson, running back for the Washington football team. This guy looks like he's getting better and better each week. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh so Gibson has 141 carries for six hundred and fifty-nine yards and eleven TDs. man. That's that's what really stuck out to me. He's also got two hundred and thirty-three yards uh receiving for zero touchdowns, but uh, you know this speaks to our point that is one yard behind ceh so
0: and he was know, a third round pick in rookie drafts i mean come on
1: exactly exactly so uh uh one yard behind his receiving i'm not sure if i said that but uh so to me uh we're gonna get to uh, what is on a lot of people are gonna think unfairly but we're gonna get to the best rookie running back asset here in a bit but as of right now, I think uh, Gibson is in the conversation for being the best rookie running back asset. Uh, it's a shame he got hurt uh, this week. I was really looking forward to what he did against the solid uh, Patriot or excuse me, Pittsburgh defense, coming off that monster Thanksgiving game. So it was unfortunate there uh you look forward the threat of darius geis is gone there's no other threats in that backfield whatsoever mckissick is not a threat um barber is not a threat i mean gibson i can't stand peyton barber bro yeah gibson's their guy he's gonna be their guy next year i think he'll have a heavy workload next year Those who drafted Gibson for his high upside, uh, you might have fallen into a workhorse, which is all you're hoping for in uh, your rookie draft. That if you take a guy in the late second, you know, early third, mid-third, it turns into an asset like Gibson. Uh, As Mm -hmm. much as you and I talked about at the beginning, we were extremely, uh, I guess, not impressed with Gibson. Uh, He he was sketchy. He was sketchy. He He just seemed like a sketchy asset. Yeah, he, he's not necessarily just a gadget player that maybe he got labeled. Um, and he's really come into his own uh, the last month or so here is when he's really taken off as an asset. So um, kind of like CEH, you know, I don't see any reason at all to shop him, to sell him this offseason. If his injury's not too bad and he continues on this tick, and keeps playing the way he's played. I, I would have no problem putting Gibson as a top 12 running back next year, heading into next year based on age and upside.
0: Wow. I could see it. I could see it. And I'll tell you what, he's a whole lot more expensive than what most people paid for him. So tell you what, yeah, I, uh, I offered a first round pick for him. I think like week one, week two, because in one of my big dynasty leagues, I only had really, um, Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. And then I have Marlon Mack, but JT got drafted. And then Mack was looking like he was still going to hold the reins to the backfield, but then he tore his Achilles. Brutal injury. My goodness. So I went after Antonio Gibson, talked with the guy for quite some time, the owner, and he wasn't selling. He wasn't selling. His strategy, legit, his strategy is he doesn't like first round picks. He likes to accumulate a bunch of seconds and third round picks to try to find guys like Antonio Gibson. But let me clear the air. (laughs) Guys like Antonio Gibson don't come around that often in a sense of his production. Hoping to hit on these second-round picks and third-round picks is a lot harder to do than you think. So I think that strategy is a little bold. I'd rather have the first-round picks. But if you find those gems, you know, Terry McLaurin two years ago was a third-round pick in, in rookie drafts. If you find these guys you're looking really good because you just got some some studs for dirt cheap it's a risky move to do but hey
1: well and i think to your point brendan do your own research trust yourself trust the footage uh it was a few years back but my brother took uh jeremy langford uh in the first round and wow obviously he had two really good years if i remember right, for your boys so he's cold you know you know, trust uh trust your judgment with rookies. Uh, you know, the people that put out these rookie rankings are certainly based on things, but they're just published. That that doesn't mean that, you know, they, they have a magic eight ball. So well, but,
0: because they're they're reporters or they publish their articles, you automatically have this feeling that wow, yeah. they must know what they're talking about because they're published online or wow, this is ESPN. You know what I mean? I agree. You gotta believe what you see from your own eyes. And take any advice or any article you read with a grain of salt. Numbers don't lie. Statistics don't lie. And advanced analytics don't lie. Metrics don't lie. That has a big thing to do. It's a big portion of how you can judge whether an athlete has a a greater chance of being successful or not. I did not think Antonio Gibson measured up to be what he was now. And the biggest worry, Tyler, was the gadget player. He was a gadget player, and there was no trust that he would be able to be a workhorse running back, which clearly we were wrong. And real quick, I'd like to throw out there, I wonder what Washington's going to do. I mean, they have a lot to think about this offseason. Uh, if they have their first-round pick, they're going to they're get a pretty good pick. Uh, well, unless they, they win the division. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to talk about that. But uh, I think one of their, their top linemen, Brandon Scherf, is going to be a free agent. I don't know if they'll re-sign him. Uh, they clearly put a lot of focus on their defense, which is going to be their defense is going to be crazy good. Their defense is going to be crazy good. But maybe if Antonio Gibson gets a, a nice quarterback to compliment him, give him some more passes, which he's already in a pretty decent spot, his stock could only go up. If he did this on a bad offense, Agreed. Antonio Gibson's only going to go up, in my opinion. So I like it, man. How many, how many uh, first round picks would you pay for him?
1: Um, I, I think he's currently worth, uh, kind of like CEH. I, I could see him at a two plus value, you know, and I to circle back to another thing you said, Brendan, that, you know, at the beginning of the year, that guy that didn't sell, uh, that's fantastic value for Gibson, but sometimes <laughs> you just got to tone it down. Somebody very wise once told me, all you're doing is kicking the can down the road, you know, Moving Gibson for a first, yes, you're gaining value there, but you're just hoping the next rookie hits. Mm-hmm. That person showed great patience, and right now a first-round pick, What what is that pick you offered him right now? Where would that land in that draft?
0: Right now my pick will probably be <laughs> 112, baby. See, that's terrible yeah. value. I mean, for... 117 one to 112 because I'm making the playoffs. That's... Uh, but, but you have to look at it this way, though. I mean, the disparity between a third-round pick, which he, he took him, and a first-round pick, yeah, that's extraordinary, extraordinary patience. And I'm not denying that. But, I mean, that's a huge profit at the beginning of the season. Almost in any other situation, that trade would have favored the guy getting the first-round pick. So, oh, that's huge,
1: man. But, I, but you're I've... right. He, he,
0: this was a strategy, and I, I'm going to tell you this. He also has James Robinson. The same owner as yeah. Antonio Gibson has Robinson. He's obviously seen
1: something. And I don't disagree. The value was huge, but you fast forward, you know, six months, and that value is terrible. You know, mm-hmm. the 112 for Gibson is a terrible trade. And sometimes you just got to see what your guys develop into. Like, you know, obviously we know he's my boy, but how many people have dumped Jerry Judy? What happens next year if he comes out and he's a top 15 wide out and you traded him for the 112? It's a terrible pick. Best player in trade, the NFL, you know? baby. Yeah, so sometimes you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta just simmer it. And I'm shocked that person did not take that trade based Me too. on where Gibson was drafted and the what ifs. And Geist, Geist was probably their running back still at that point.
0: Uh, and, he was. You know, oh, actually, this yeah. might have been this might have been like right after the Geist news, and I I was okay. desperate, man. Like I was willing to overpay because in this league, it's so difficult to get RBs. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to chalk up my first. I think I offered it to, obviously, uh, for Antonio Gibson. I think I offered it for Joshua Kelly. Like, I was ready to just overpay at the time. And you know what, I'm happy I kept my first round pick because I flipped it, as you know, for Miles Gaskin and Christian Kirk. Miles Gaskin is coming back looking like he'll help me win the ship, and then he'll go to nothing in the offseason. But I don't care.
1: Yeah, see that that's very interesting that all you just said right there, because uh again, I'm shocked that person didn't take the trade. Me too. Um, it would have been a great trade for you now. It would have been a terrible trade for him. And then look at all the hype that Joshua Kelly got. That's a terrible trade had that gone through. Agreed. You know, so it, you know, trading is so just it's iffy in Dynasty. It's, it's very, tough. very, very iffy. So um yeah, we could spend all day on Gibson, but should we move on to our to our next guy here, Brendan?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me let me throw this out there. Um, you said that you uh, the best rookie running back asset was coming up. I'm excited to hear who you you prefer. Or you think's the best rookie running back, and I'll, I'll let you know mine once we get to the end of the list. Maybe they'll be the same. Maybe they'll be different. I will say I think this next RB has a lot of promise to be the number one running back from this class. And Tyler, who are we going to talk about? Who is this player?
1: Agreed. Uh J.K. Dobbins up next. He's got uh 83 carries for 451 yards and four teeters. He's also got 103 uh receiving yards for zero touchdowns so far. Um I, Dobbins has not received the type of work that some owners were hoping so far. I, I know a lot of uh Kind of, I guess you could say, savvy dynasty players or future forward thinking dynasty uh, owners drafted Dobbins more for 2021. Mm-hmm. You still had Mark uh, Ingram there who was still going to get carries. You got Gus the Bus. You know, their backfield is kind of ugly, but. Uh, For me, Dobbins, like I said, was always a pick for the future. Um, His value among the community seems higher uh, than some of the other other RBs that maybe have done more already this year than him. Uh, I think a lot of people do view Dobbins and or Taylor as the best assets in this class for running backs, which... You know, maybe their stats don't uh, support that currently, but hey, that's just the way it is. And a lot of that is you Dobbins is a pure runner and he got drafted into a pure running system. You know, Baltimore is a running team, he's a true runner. So uh, you know, kind of like all the guys on the list or a majority of them, you know, Dobbins is a must-hold. Again, if you mm-hmm. drafted Dobbins for this year and you're disappointed. Uh, I think you had to taper your expectations from the start. Even if you took him with the 1 1, that's great, you know, but he, he's for next year. He's not for this year. And hey, in your playoff push, maybe he does become the guy in your week 15, you know, the semifinals into the finals. Maybe by that point, he is the guy in Baltimore and, you know, he's getting 25 touches a game and you could roll him, you know, and maybe. Hey, if you took him early and he wins you a title, that that's all you can Where ask they- for. So, um, yeah, again, for me, Brendan Dobbins is—he's more about
0: next year, but he's shown some good signs this year. So, mm-hmm. and you're totally right about people drafting him to hopefully be a stud in 2021. But to be honest, the expectations that I was hearing were. People were expecting him to be the guy the second half of this year, second half of this season. Uh, he looks electric when he gets the ball. A lot of his runs, he, he breaks off, gets like 20 yards. He looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's just you have Lamar Jackson, who honestly has been a pretty big disappointment, but you're right. He, he's a running quarterback. You have Mark Ingram, who is a leader, who is a veteran. Uh, and I'm sure Dobbins is learning a ton from Mark Ingram. I'm sure Dobbins is going to come out of this next year and be an absolute stud. Like I'm talking Ray Rice level without punching people. He's going to be a stud and I would buy Dobbins. Honestly, I would for sure. I'd buy CEH if you feel the value's down. I'm not going to lie. I think CEH and Dobbins both will have lower value than what people thought they would have entering the 2021 season. Uh, I like Dobbins more than CEH and I like Dobbins more than Antonio Gibson. So, I think Dobbins is worth two firsts as well. But I'd be willing to chalk up a little bit more, man. I, I think he's going to be a stud. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think he's worth uh, two firsts also. You know, we talked about a million times in Dynasty, youth, hype, uh, potential. That That's very, very expensive. And a lot of these rookies, man, they just – they're kids. I, let's face it. They're kids. Um, they're they're learning their way. I, all these guys' bodies are going to look different next year. They're going to be more jacked. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more in shape. That, that's just the way it is. So these guys could all be totally different players next year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that gets oversimplified in sports. That these are kids. You know, it, it, it takes some time to uh, to figure out what you're doing. So.
0: And how long can Mark Ingram go for? I'm looking up his age right now. He's 30 years old. I mean, granted, uh, he's I know he, he's yeah, seven. he was a backup running back, I think, in New Orleans for quite some time. So, I mean, well, he was like the 1B. So, I yeah, get it. He, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't, like, gotten the the beat down that a lot of running backs get. But, I mean, he's 30 years old. Being 31, which he will next year, in the NFL at the running back position, man, you're going to go downhill very quickly unless you were the legendary Frank Gore or Adrian Peterson.
1: Yeah, I think Ingram's done next year. I mean, not in the literal sense. I think he'll sign somewhere. Maybe he's back there. He'll be a complimentary back because he's a good mm-hmm. player. You know, Ingram's mm-hmm. been around for a long time. He's been doing it for a long time. He's always been underrated, underappreciated. He's a good running back. But
0: Seems like a good teammate too.
1: Yeah, he does. And you're not keeping Dobbins off the field next year for yeah. Ingram. You're
0: going to let him loose. I agree. Yeah. I think Dobbins will have a fantastic year, and I think that's truly his, his entering the prime type of year. So. Absolutely,
1: man. Agreed.
0: Cool, man. So now next up. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. J.K. Dobbins is, is a top rookie running back asset for me. Uh, but I personally think that this next running back is the best rookie running back out of this class. Even though his stats won't show it, I think he is. Tyler, who is that? Uh, we
1: got uh, Jonathan Taylor up next. Uh, 148 carries for 609 yards. Four TDs on the ground. 271 yards through the air and uh, one TD. So uh, I'm with you, Brendan. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is a beast of an asset. Um, I think future looking, he to me is still the number one guy in this class looking forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, man, I'm not sure any single rookie running back has been more disappointing in fantasy than uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's still had some upside, but he's been incredibly disappointing, as fair or unfair as that is. Um,
0: it's fair. Yeah, just seems, I've that. He a... seems immature. He just seems immature in the backfield. And I don't mean his attitude or his mentality. He is just a young running back, and he's struggling to see the holes or he's struggling to, to read the defense. And that's something that I think can improve. I think he has all the talent in the world. But I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no problem at all. Um, you know, I've seen a tremendous amount of owners dumping him on uh, forums and whatnot. I think that's a terrible decision. I expect Taylor possibly to make the biggest jump out of any of these rookie running backs next year. I think they'll get him the ball more. Maybe they're just easing him in. You know, they're getting the ball a lot to Heinz. I think, honestly, Rivers is hurting Taylor this year, mm-hmm. um, just with his play style, his lack of big passing plays. I just, I think there's a lot of factors going into why Taylor is not living up to what people were hoping. Because um, Taylor was supposed to hit immediately. He was supposed to be arguably the safest running back in this class. Put him in, he's running behind the best L line in football. Put him in, he's going to be a top five running back was a, a lot of the, the consensus. But you just got to slow your roll. No big deal that if he takes an extra year, he takes an extra year. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, and much like Dobbins, I think he's a, a pure runner and a pure running system due to the offensive line for the Colts. I think, uh, they've got a system that, man, you put a guy like Taylor back there and give him the ball. Hopefully, uh, it's a, it's a great system for him and he's starting to play better. He's put together a couple good weeks here and, you know, I could see a lot of people getting low ball offers for uh, Taylor mm-hmm. this summer if you own him.
0: I'm going to send think, a few. <laughs>
1: yeah, just, just decline and move on, you know. That's all you could do. And I think selling Jonathan Taylor is a terrible decision this summer. So just my two cents.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think that he will make the jump. Um, he absolutely proved it in college. I mean, people were concerned about his mileage in college with how many carries he had. But and that's college. NFL is a completely different ball game, way different staff of trainers, people maintaining your body. Uh, I think the offensive line will be just as good. I'm not sure that the Colts will re-sign or extend or whatever the deal is with Phillip Rivers. I've done some research, and there's a couple rumors—not rumors, rumors predictions—I should say—about Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback for the Colts in the 2021 season it be pretty crazy, but I think the Colts are too conservative to to house a QB like James Winston, so I don't really see it happening. He throws way too many picks, and I don't think that's the Colts, the organization's type of offensive gameplay, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Regardless, I mean, even with this type of year, Jonathan Taylor will still probably put up like 750 rushing yards, and that's really not that bad as a rookie. I'm not going to lie. It's not that bad. But when you're expecting a stud and you're expecting him to, to break over a thousand rushing yards, I get it. But it seems like a lot of players this year have been a little unpredictable with, with where you thought they would be right now to where they actually are right now. And rookie running backs is a big thing like that. Um, rookie wide receivers, some of the top wide receivers, which we'll get into. Uh, honestly, Tyler, we might, we might have to do this whole episode about running backs, to be honest. But uh, let's say whenever we talk about wide receivers, there's a lot of guys who you thought would be on the top that are not on the top or not close to the top, but everything should average out. But I think Jonathan Taylor, his measurements are there. His mentality is there. His offensive system is there. He will be a top five running back next year. And I don't think there's any question about it. He seems durable uh, except I think he landed on the COVID list last week or whenever it was. So maybe, maybe as long as COVID isn't in the picture in 2021. But there's no argument. I would be willing to give up any of these running backs plus more on this list for Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a great RB to hold.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I would pay a lot for Taylor. I know uh, in our big league that he is flat untouchable. And uh, to circle back on another one of your points, Brendan – uh, I don't even think we're going to get through the running backs tonight. <laughs> so I'm looking at the clock here. We really don't have much time. So sure. let's go uh, through.
0: Yeah, real let's quick, go. Tyler, I want to explain uh, real quick. I mean, every show we we have to announce that we're, we're running out of time. To all the listeners, we, we try to keep these episodes to about an hour. We don't really want to go over an hour because we want to keep them um, uh, more so short and sweet that way uh, there's a lot of content and we don't rush anything so when you hear us say hey we're we're low on time it's because we're trying to put out hour-long episodes so just wanted to clear the air there Tyler yeah, who's up next let's let's blow through the running backs if we can get through them all
1: uh yeah I don't know if we can man we might have to uh break it up into uh next week we finish running backs start WRs finish sure. WRs QBs and tight ends that'll be one show man we'll rip through
0: those guys yeah too. no one cares about tight ends unless you're yeah. a tight end premium so whatever I
1: think keeping uh or really diving into the running backs and wide receivers is big so okay
0: uh, you know what then let's let's do two more running backs and this will kind okay. of complete you know the the big five of the 2020 draft class plus Antonio Gibson and then we can talk about the lower half of the list uh, next yeah. week, because honestly, I've got a couple "would you rather" questions I'd like to ask, uh, and okay. it, it's a special segment for you for the playoffs. So,
1: okay, well, let's do one more. We'll save sure. one of the big hitters for next week, as long as as well as some of the undercard guys. But I think it would be uh, almost inappropriate not to include this guy uh, in our list this week. Um, mm-hmm. Currently, for me. I know it's not a popular opinion, but there is no question. James Robinson is the best rookie running back in the NFL right now, period. End of story. There is no question. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has 212 carries for 968 yards, seven TDs, 310 receiving yards, and two TDs. So, again, I know this is, we just came through Jonathan Taylor, who's probably been the biggest disappointment on the running back side, whereas James Robinson. Has no question been not only the biggest surprise at running back, he's been the biggest surprise in fantasy football, period. Doesn't matter if you're a veteran, rookie, whatever. He's been the biggest surprise. Uh, Looks like an absolute rock-solid steal in Dynasty. Uh, This guy was probably, A, not drafted, B, drafted in the fifth round of your draft. Uh, He's an absolute steal, and he looks like a rock-solid running back moving forward. And here's why for me, Brendan. Obviously, his yards are there. I think he is the fourth highest yard total in the NFL currently. And uh, the 310 yards receiving sticks out for me. That's huge. The guy has massive receiving potential. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit in the past. Uh, Jacksonville has holes everywhere in their entire lineup, maybe outside a wide receiver, but even that little sketchy. They have holes everywhere. Everybody is so concerned about James Robinson mm-hmm. long-term. James Robinson will cost essentially an NFL team zero. They will. It, it's not even going to register on the cap because it's going to be so low. James A couple hundred Robinson, thousand. Yeah, James Robinson's their running back next year. He's their workhorse next year and he probably is for the next two or three years. So everybody that's looking to dump James Robinson as a one-hit wonder. I get it, I just don't think it's a smart decision. Uh, it's all about volume for running backs. We've talked about that a million times, Brendan, and his volume is there. And I get it that you're gonna wanna sell high, but you can't always sell high on players. Again, I think it's a big mistake to James Robinson this offseason I know that's not a popular opinion and I know it's not popular opinion that he's the best uh, rookie running back by far period
0: yeah I think if you get an absolute haul I mean it'd be tough it'd be tough not to sell him but I mean in a rebuilding team on a rebuilding team he's super young on a contending team he's super valuable I mean, he's got the all-around package, and the craziest part about James Robinson is that he's doing all this on a really bad team, offensively and defensively. Now, they will probably draft Justin Fields. I don't see how they won't unless they get Trevor Lawrence. Assuming they get Justin Fields, I think that James Robinson has an even better shot at outproducing what he did this year. Now, James Robinson is a guy that you're not going to be able to buy for cheap because the people selling him want to sell him on this season. They're selling him based on what he did this season. They're not going to compromise. So it's tough. You either have him or you don't have him at this point. Um, My goal would be to look for who's going to be the next James Robinson. That would be my goal for this upcoming year. And unfortunately, it's impossible to predict. Nobody would have ever knew this guy would have done this. So uh, James James Robinson is, is a stud. There's no way around that. He went to my college, which, you know, I got to represent Illinois State University here, ISU baby. He is a dog and you should be happy that you picked him up or you traded for him when he was a throw-in player or whatever it was or Well, however you grabbed him you should be very happy for yourselves to realize you scouted out a guy before anybody else did
1: well I think a couple things you said Brandon are really really interesting that I think so many people within the community are worried about James Robinson long term that Mm -hmm. you're never going to get what his value should be in a trade in my opinion you're never going to get a haul you're never going to get multiple first-round picks because people aren't going to be willing to pay it just in case next year he doesn't hit or they do replace him, which, again, I think is –
0: He's the only light on that offense. Yeah,
1: it's an impossibility. But everybody focuses on that he's undrafted and that he will be replaced. So I think he's one of the easiest holds in fantasy because people aren't going to offer more than I'll give you a second and Mike Williams, you know, and it's not worth it. You
0: know I'd rather hold the running back who has a, a a shot to recreate what he just did this season with a potentially better team if you're in an organization, you should be getting better every year you have draft picks. That's the whole idea of getting draft picks is your organization sucks, you get higher draft capital, you improve your team. It would be difficult to watch the jags get only one win. Let's assume they finish one in fifteen, which They probably will. Honestly, I have no other expectations for them. But they will only get better, which means their total offense should increase. Their defense should stop the ball a little bit more, giving the offense the ball, giving James Robinson even more opportunities. He's going to be a great running back to own. And right now he's an RB1, and there's no way around it, Tyler. That's fantastic. I I like him on this list. And it's, it's really difficult to believe. You don't even realize he's a rookie. You don't even realize he's a rookie running back.
1: Yeah, just one more quick thought, Brendan. You've been doing this a long time like me, man. When is the last time a top – he's been a top five running back all season. Mm -hmm. When is the last time a top five running back heading into week uh, 14 was valued like this?
0: Uh, Arian Foster. I put Arian Foster like four years ago, undrafted. Maybe maybe sure. before four years ago, I forgot when he was well, in the league. But other than that, never.
1: Yeah, and look what J- uh, Foster turned into. Albeit he had a shorter shelf life. Uh, Foster was a freaking monster in fantasy. He was, was crazy. Re- he, was hey, dope. he was unreal. So yeah. don't, uh, don't trade Arian Foster. You know, <laughs> don't make the same mistake twice. Use him for two Hold more on.
0: years and then dump him. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah, if James Robinson has two more good years or two more top 12 years, he's paid you back. If he falls off face of the earth after that, that's fantasy. You know, most guys
0: don't, aren't relevant for 10 years. Yeah. A three year self-life of producing in a high capacity is actually really good. I mean, what if you've could got a guy basketball. that produces for three years in a row, I mean, that's a really solid number, number amount of years. So, excellent, Tyler. Hey, man, real quick, we got to do the Would You Rather segment, one of our favorites, The Wire, W-Y-R. Real quick, I want to uh, do this, and then we'll talk about the hot takes for a quick second because it did conclude one of the most important segments of our show. Uh, But this time I will be asking you the Would You Rather Own segment. But here we go. Instead of just who would you rather own on your roster, it's going to be who would you rather start on your playoff, roster for your matchup. So I've got a few options here. Uh, I'm hoping that some of these guys double up on people's rosters so they actually can listen and get advice that the first one, I actually own both of these guys. So maybe I'm seeking some help. I don't know, but here we go. Yeah, there you go, man. So we'll do it every week until the playoffs. end. that way people can get our advice. If you have any players that you want us to talk about in this segment, if you have roster needs or lineup issues, you need advice, Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Halfback Dynasty. Send us an email, halfbackdynasty at gmail.com, or find us on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. My name is McCasties. Tyler is Gatorsons. He is a five-star legend, Hall of Famer. Tyler, here we go. You understand the segment. You ready? Let's rip through it, man. All right, here we go. First one. Would you rather start this week, first week of playoffs, Miles Sanders versus the New Orleans Saints, or Wayne Gallman versus the Arizona Cardinals?
1: Wayne Gallman.
0: No doubt about it. I agree. He's actually producing very well right now. I encourage everybody to look at his fantasy points per game the past like six weeks. The guy is a running back too right now. Really solid numbers. Next up, Jarvis Landry versus the Baltimore Ravens or Marvin Jones Jr. versus the Green Bay Packers if Kenny Galladay does not play?
1: Jones Jr. if Galladay sits.
0: Okay, fantastic. Next up, we've got some younger wide receivers. Michael Pittman versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Or Michael Gallup versus the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I'd rather gamble on Pittman, man. Dallas, too sketchy.
0: Sure, I agree. Can't stand Dallas. Can't stand that whole division. All right, moving into some quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Teddy Bridgewater versus the Denver Broncos?
1: Couple pretty solid, decent defenses there. Uh, I'd go Cousins due to his weapons.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he only needs one of them to have a great game, assuming he'll have a great game. Uh, Perfect. All right, here we go. Now, two of these tight ends that I'm about to bring up, this is the last one on the list. Both of these guys have actually been, I guess, undervalued, but they're producing very well right now. Eric Ebron versus the Buffalo Bills, or Evan Ingram versus the Arizona Cardinals?
1: Oh, I would say Ebron because of quarterback play. If Danny Dimes is playing, it makes it closer. But if it's Colt McCoy again, uh, it's too risky, man. (laughs) Colt McCoy, Uh, baby. My best advice, it's taken me years and years and years to understand this. Roll your best lineup in in the playoffs. Don't shoot for upside. Don't shoot for a guy that could blow up. Play your best lineup,
0: period. Agreed. agreed. And uh, And if it costs
1: you the game, it costs you the game.
0: Yeah, but at least you know you went in there with your safest lineups. Yeah, uh, Eric Ebron's actually like the tight end, like five or something. He's a, he's a, he's a top-end tight end right now in, in certain leagues and formats. So, Tyler, that's going to do it. Great, great picks there. Uh, real quick, I know we got a couple minutes to carve this out. Hot takes and bold predictions has officially concluded. Tyler, you ended up going 0-6, 0-3 the past two weeks to lose by one point. Now. Our bet was the loser has to cover the buy-in for the winner. So you and I were talking pre-show, and since I adopted a team in your league and you covered my first year's buy-in, I couldn't take that $100. So I'm going to give that back to you as an honest uh, keepsake, a a great friendship of a great co-host on this Dynasty podcast. So I'm excited Next year, however, I will for sure take that hundred dollar bill and I will spend it.
1: That's uh pure class, Brendan. Yeah, you I'll got spend that. It
0: all on Hennessy, baby. I'll <laughs> buy you a couple bottles of Hennessy, man. That's uh
1: that's pure class, Brendan. Obviously, uh you know you got bragging rights all year. Just absolutely brutal who am i the jets i needed two victories out of six couldn't get it oh and six to lose it man that is
0: just... oh and six it's brutal but Stop. you know the point of hot takes and bold Stop. predictions is they're not supposed to be easy to get you're supposed to get more wrong than you get right real quick just like we do with all the the other shows let's go over who did you miss on what were your previous hot takes and, and why did they miss
1: uh, Keenan Allen, I thought, would have 100 yards and a TD. Obviously, nobody had a TD for uh, the Chargers <laughs> in that game. Miss. Rough. My boy. I went to the well. A guy I can't stand. Stefan Diggs would have at least 75 yards and a teeter. Didn't happen, but to be fair, he played well. He got over the yardage. Just didn't get in the end zone because apparently Cole Beasley was the best receiver in football last week uh deandre hopkins would bounce back with 115 yards i picked guys that all went up against tough d's and uh it cost me 100 bucks but as i said pure class brendan um
0: absolutely uh,
1: you got bragging rights all year man it was it was tough to get out of bed on uh, monday morning knowing that uh we i had to come face the music so that's worth a hundred dollars
0: right there man i love it i love it real quick uh, you know, I ended 0-3, so, I mean, there's really not much that good – not much good that came out of this week. Of course, I bet it all on the Chicago Bears, which yeah. let me down. The whole team let me down yet again. I predicted Allen Robinson would grab, like, eight receptions, seven receptions, I think, for over 100 yards. was super close. Didn't get there. I predicted David Montgomery will rush for over 100 yards. He had, like, 70 yards going into the, the second half. Clearly did not break 100 yards. And then I had Mitchell Trubisky will throw at least two – touchdown passes did not happen but at least Tyler you did not come through so you gave me the dub and I will make sure that I will rub it in your face up until week one of the 2021 season hot takes and bold predictions baby that's what's up
1: please do Brendan What's uh real quick our uh, uh we need to improve our records dramatically next year <laughs> as a as a twosome here and I uh, unbelievable that uh, David Montgomery didn't didn't hit for you. He was playing so well. And then it, I kept looking at his stats, and it was like, well, just, he's just
0: not doing anything now. So It's awful because they um, didn't give him the ball because the Bears' coaching is just atrocious.
1: The Bears, man. So, Brandon, I'll lead us off with closing uh, statements here. I know we're really up against it. But uh, if you've been eliminated from the playoffs or you simply did not make it, Now's the best time to take a hard look at your roster and figure out your goals for next year and the next couple of years. You know, you got to have goals going in, try to hit those goals. If it's time to rebuild retool or go all in for next year, now's the, now's the time to get your ducks in a row. Players are cheaper in the off season than normal. So get that going. Um, sometimes early in the off season is the best time to buy because people are just disappointed. Dynasty's over for another uh, half a year or so. You know, it could be the best time to buy. Uh, My biggest caution is that uh, be careful buying real-life players that are due up to be free agents. Don't buy them too early in the offseason, and then they go to just a dreadful situation because then you're stuck with them Look at like a Le'Veon Bell when he went to the Jets. A lot of people bought him on his Pittsburgh Steelers days. Horrible trades were made for him. So (laughs) be a little cautious there. Let that part of the offseason play out. And then uh, good luck to everybody listening who's still in the playoffs. Hit us up. We're happy to, uh, to help with your lineup and anything we can help with. Uh, hoping everybody uh, has a great first week of playoffs.
0: Couldn't have said it any better, Tyler. Thank you to all of you who listened. Let us know how we can help you out and assist you during your, your playoff run or your early rebuild strategies. We're here to help you. I thank you, everyone. We really appreciate your time. Stay smooth and just remember, You're in this for life.